2: Hi, this is Vinny Vincent. Stay here, don't move.
3: Vinny Vincent. Hi. uh, Coming out and saying hello to the fans here. Really? Now that I'm out, it doesn't (laughs) feel long at all. You've been out for a couple months now. Um, Tell us about the the love and support that you've been getting for the last couple months. It's been overwhelming. For me, it has.
2: (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) this is not something I've ever known. So I'm I'm so honored, and I thank everybody, and uh, this is been the greatest time of my life and it's great to be alive it's great to be with everyone and uh, it's very deeply moving and I thank you all I have a Facebook page we're at over about 10,000 over just a few months and uh, like you said it's, it's, it's overwhelming, the love and support so thank you everybody
4: Listening to Cobras and Fire, a Pantheon podcast, a special Pod Crash edition, featuring the host of Decibel Geek and the founder of Rocking Pod, Chris Sinzak. The Covers and Fire. My name is Baco, And we got a little surprise for you tonight, or today, or whatever time of the day you're listening to this. No LC today. Instead, I am joined with the Rocking podulous, Chris and Zach. Welcome to the show, Chris. Happy to be here.
0: It's good yeah, to see man. you again.
4: <laughs> now, I'm not sure if you're filling in LC, which would make you the number one and me the 1.1... 1. 1. Or if because, like, I have seniority, I get to, like, you know, you're like the new guy at work. And even though, like, I'm not the boss, I've been there longer, that kind of deal. How should we uh, figure this out?
0: I don't know. You're not the boss of me, but I'm, I'm happy to be
4: here. <laughs> well, you look good. Uh, you, you, now, Thanks. we were talking just a little bit before we get on here about your, your longer hair. Um, now you've, you've let it kind of go for COVID. Uh, before mm-hmm. I get to my question, there I will tell you this: They just recently. I don't know what it's <laughs> like there, but like basically, once the CDC kind of released that mask mandate rule, if you've been uh, vaccinated, um, it was quickly wiped out in this state. the The governor said no more state mandate. Within a few days, the two major cities, uh, St. Paul and Minneapolis, the I believe the only ones in the state that had them, um, uh, removed them too. It was gone from work about a day or two after that. Uh, <clears throat> I really regret bailing on my commitment to not shave until the <laughs> end because I want the, the thing is that, like, it, 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 as much as like it kind of came in, you know, across everywhere, it was not even. It was just poofs and tufts, and and I just couldn't look at myself. But I was like, man, it would be awesome to, if I could have just held out. Uh, now, is yeah. is your hairstyle a COVID haircut? Pretty much. I mean, you know, we got sent home to work from
0: home last March, and. You know, I was. It was already getting a little long at that time, and usually I work in an office environment, so I I just try to keep it. You know, I'll grow it out a little bit here and there, but just you have to look at least business casual. And I didn't want to have it super long, and I hadn't had it long since I was like in my mid to late twenties, and then. um, But I just decided I'll screw it. I haven't had long hair in a long time. I'm working from home. I'll just keep growing it. And then I actually got told about a week ago that. (laughs) I'm officially home for good. Like I'm not going back to the office, so I I I can grow it as long as I want now.
4: Now, are you uh, a fan of that, or do you like kind of like being able to leave the homestead?
0: I'm kind of mixed on that one. I don't. I mean, for the most part, I guess I'd rather work at home because I mean, where else can you watch midget porn while you do your job? But other than that, um, the the groundhog day feeling does kick in at times when from with the working from home thing. So. There's times where I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of this house. But uh I mean it's it's overall I'm for it. I'd rather not deal with the uh commute and the traffic and all that shit.
4: Well, well, in that case, then good for you. Um so I I had long hair oh man, from about the age I started growing up, I think fourteen or fifteen, and I cut it for the first time. I want to say about 26. So I had a good decade there. You know, those were my rocker years, uh, all that kind of good stuff. Grunge actually, as much as Aaron Camaro, uh, um, seems to be very, uh, all chagrin about the idea that rock stars cut their hair. Uh, it was always the mid cut that bothered me, by the way, it was that guy that kind of mm. like went just below the ears. I, I like, I like the yeah. way Chris Cornell did it, you know, boom, boom, or even like, uh, Frankie Benali, um, uh, John Bush. I love that look. Uh, to go from one to the other, but to kind of just go halfway, it's like you're, you're <clears throat> joining Nickelback. But when I was, I know I had it before I was fifteen because I my, I was fifteen at my sister's wedding, and they tried to trick me into getting a haircut for that, mm-hmm. and uh, it did not go over well. But uh. it's funny you mentioned that
0: because the the reason I cut mine off, well, I was fed up with mine by that point, but the main reason I cut it off was I was going to be the best man at my brother's wedding, and he was like. Mm-hmm. Do you mind cutting the hair off? And I was like, fine. I was like, I was looking for an excuse to do it anyway, so that was why I cut mine, too. Yeah. And how old would you have been then? Uh, when he got married was 2000, so I guess I was what? Well, I guess I was like twenty around 25.
4: And we're talking about Eric? Yeah. Who has absolutely no hair now? <laughs> yeah,
0: Well, he's got a little bit, but not yeah, much. Just
4: a little bit up there, but yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know what? I,
0: I it, he got the bald gene in the family, and thankfully it skipped me, but he got it.
4: You know what caused me to uh, cut my hair? Mm-mm. I w- rented a Rivers Run Through It, and I really liked the way Brad Pitt's <laughs> haircut looked. So oh I went and got my hair cut pretty much the next day. And uh, and I got that cut kind of I don't know I don't know if you know the movie but it, you know, it's a very 1920s haircut and uh, I I got the closest I could to it trying to explain it to some you know uh, uh, barber there in uh, Oatana, Minnesota don't you know mm. but yeah it really was a catalyst and then of course I freak out because now it's all fucking gone and did I do the right thing but I haven't looked back I've tried to grow it out a couple times since and kind of like trying to do the COVID beard thing it was like I guess to a point where it just irritates me and I say fuck it.
0: Yeah, I can't do, I, I tried doing the COVID beard for a little while, but anytime I try to grow my beard beard like a big long beard like I have some friends that have, it just it gets so damn itchy and uncomfortable and it's yeah. just a pain in the ass. And I was just every time I'm like, screw this, I'm cutting it off.
4: And it was a conversation with you that got me shaving. It was when it was like back in February where you were like, Yeah, we're probably still gonna be wearing masks in August and I was like, I can't fucking <laughs> do this till August. <laughs> so uh, within two days, I was I was trimming that shit out. But I- it was a combination of that, and then Craig Smith posted a picture of uh uh the- one of the episodes of the Grunge thing I did that he came on, and like you know he- even through like a Skype camera, I looked just gnarly, and I'm like ah, I gotta I gotta clean that up. I know nobody can see it when I'm out in public, but that's too much. Yeah. And
0: my my beard's gotten just about all the way white, and I- I'm at a point now where I'm kind of hate the way it looks. I'm I'm thinking about going doing the clean shaven thing at some point soon. Mm. I'm just I think I'm gonna. Because I, I, at least I'll look a little younger. I'm starting to look like a really old guy now, so I, I think I want to cut it off soon. Even though my wife tells me not to do it because she hates, she likes facial hair.
4: Yeah, well, what about just for men? You know, dye it down a little bit. Absolutely, she will not let me do
0: it. <laughs> She's what? like, oh, no, she likes it. Yeah, well she just said any time you know if I dye it it's just going to look fake. And I was like, well, I guess you're right. Well, what color are you going to dye it? Blue? I mean, they're just for no, supposed to I, be
4: kind of a natural thing, right?
0: I know, but and I've brought that up. I'm like, I thought I'd like to like it to have color again. And she's like, "No, don't do it. It's just going to look phony." I'm like, "All right." So, I don't know. I'm kind of stuck.
4: Well, uh, any other grooming tips before we move on? Uh, manscaping things of that nature you want to get into? Well, I don't want to go any <laughs>
0: below or the waist because that's reserved for concert payers.
4: Okay. Oh, right. All right. Oh, we can do like a special uh, Patreon episode. So. <laughs> right. Oh uh, yeah, torpedo dudes. Exactly. Yeah, the show that the show that we haven't done in months. We need to do that again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe you need a guest host. Ah. <laughs> um. Well, let's touch on that real quick. Uh, rock and Pot of course is coming up. Uh, our masks going to be mandated. What's uh give us the Nashville update for anybody tour- traveling out there and how's it looking as far as when we get to the actual expo?
0: For the expo, I, it's still a little
4: up in the air. I mean, I, you know, th- that's
0: going to be, you know, we're just renting space at the Hilton, so I, I have to talk to them and see what they want to do, but um, you know, I mean they they're in partnership with the local health department and everything and uh, I don't know, but with Nashville it's been pro- kind of similar to your experience to where it's kind of like once things got lifted it was just kind of like everybody's just like fuck it it's over you yeah. know and that's that's what I'm seeing a lot of. Um, I don't know that we're gonna require I don't know that we would require masks we might encourage it, but I don't know what we're gonna have to see I gotta I gotta talk with the hotel we, that was kind of a a purposeful decision to wait until we get close to it.
4: Sure. Okay. I mean, I was not actually looking for like uh, the rock and pod stance, more the legality of it. Like, what's what's the hotel? What's the city? That kind of stuff. So,
0: I mean, right now, I think they're still doing the the mask in the hotel. The last time I went over there a few weeks ago, and they were still doing it. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure where we're gonna be come August when it gets to that point.
4: It is difficult to go back once you've been like allowed certain places not to, because like. Uh, um the the twin cities like most you know major cities it's metropolitan so like especially where i live like i'm like if i drive 15 minutes in the right direction i can go through four different cities and there there can be slightly different variances and all that stuff and and then of course businesses have their own policies too so sure
0: yeah i don't know it's 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 gonna be interesting to see but i mean yeah i mean for the most part it seems like for the most part things are back to normal. You still see some people that are still masking and some that aren't. I mean, I got vaccinated, but if I'm going into a building with a lot of people, I still will will put one on just to be safe. But um, but you know, I I'm kind of mixed on it. If it's a place that's basically just said, you know, if you're vaccinated, don't worry about it. I, I sometimes won't, but if it's you know super full of people, I might wear one. It just. <laughs> I didn't so I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm halfway uh committed to it. I don't know. I was fully committed to it until I got vaccinated, of course.
4: I haven't been anywhere more packed other than a Target. Uh so yeah. uh I, I I read the room on that. I I'm definitely not someone who's gonna like uh try to force an issue. If almost everybody's wearing a mask, I'm gonna put it on. Uh yeah. as a matter of fact we went to a grocery store. And we walk in, the first thing we see is three employees not wearing masks and two customers not. So that's right in the produce section. But halfway through, I didn't see a person not. And so I nervously just put mine on. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. You know I am I'm not trying to. I was just.
0: It's really hard to know at this point. We've like officially hit the gray area now as far as this goes.
4: Yeah, I guess. But, uh, well, you know, at least things seem to be trending in the right direction. Let's uh, keep our fingers yeah. crossed for that. So.
0: I mean, absolutely, it would be more fun at Rock and Pot if there weren't the mass thing. I mean, I'm sure I'd love to have it normal again, and uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I'll I'll update everybody as we get close to it.
4: Well, uh, a little bit on that, uh, Rock and Pot, of course, is August sixth, seventh, and eighth in Nashville, yep. Tennessee. Why don't you give them more of the specific details if you have them handy there? It's a
0: it's a three pretty much a three day weekend now. Of course, the main event is the Rock and Pot Expo, and that'll be sat- Saturday, August seventh, at Hilton Nashville Airport. And, um, of course, you know, like normal, it's going to be stage panels, po- live podcasts, podcasters doing interviews with special guests, a lot of the guests doing signing sessions, but obviously the weekend starts Friday. Um, we'll, the podcasters that are registered, like you guys will have a, uh, podcaster cocktail mixer at the hotel that afternoon. That'll be something we do early on. Um, day then drinking
4: f- my best
0: of course you have yeah. to start day drinking on friday yeah. Yeah. and then uh we'll have everybody go over to the mercy lounge on friday night for the pre-party concert which will Love be that rock- venue by the
4: way that's the same place it was uh
0: three 2018 is that right yep okay. yeah same venue yeah and um ron keel is going to do an acoustic <laughs> set to start it off nice. and uh My boy then then uh rock united will perform, Etch, which. You may not know the name, but the it's pretty much the same band we've had every year. It just changes the name every year, pretty much. It's our friend Greg Mangus and Sandy Gennaro on drums, and uh, Ricky Dover Junior's on uh, bass, I believe. And uh, but they do like you know '70s covers, '70s mostly Brit rock, but there'll be some other stuff in there too. And then um, Tommy Skio's band, Resistant Bite, is going to come on and do a full set, and you're going to hear some Tesla stuff on there too. They've already told me. Cool. And then uh, the rare hair set will happen, and that'll be like an hour and a half, two hours of, you know, different players on every song, and some of our expo guests are going to get up and do songs, and we're working on putting some really cool pairings together for that.
4: Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it, uh, especially with 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 the year off now. Uh just something I just thought about because it seems like anything that's rolling out like uh especially sporting events it turns out that like not being allowed to do something for a year and a half has turned people into ridiculous maniacs are you worried about any like uh kind of unruly behavior but aside from me I mean um where somebody's like launching into some like racist tirade or throwing popcorn getting kicked out of the venue you know what i mean uh no. kind of kind of a serious question because there has been a ton of that in all these basketball games and sporting events baseball it's like what the hell you think you'd be i just got out of prison i have to go rape and murder somebody well may, <laughs> or maybe you go it's nice to be out.
0: Yeah, I'm think it. Uh, i not expecting any problems. I wouldn't think there would be, but uh, who knows? I sure I mean. hope
4: not, especially by then. We should all have exhaled. I, I, but I didn't think there'd be... I thought it would be the opposite. We'd all be so euphoric, like, yeah. oh, my God, my team got its ass kicked, and it was the greatest day of my life. No, it's like, <laughs> ah, fuck you, and it's just like throw something at them. You know, it's like, I don't know.
0: Um, they don't sell popcorn there either, so I think we're okay in that sport.
4: Okay, well, there's other things you can throw, but uh, yeah. I only... I've heard, well, the, I should say, the, the beer's too expensive to throw, so that's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> there's no way the beer's more expensive than it is at a Brooklyn Nets game.
0: No, probably not that expensive, but yeah. But if you're blowing, otherwise I five will dollars. be sober
4: the entire weekend. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't have that kind of beer budget. You're going to be sober the entire week if, is if you you the say? beers cost what they cost oh. at a Brooklyn Nets game. Yes, I okay. there's I, I I cannot spend twenty three dollars per beer and no. tip. Be, you know
0: no. i was about to alert the media if you were going to say you were going to be sober
4: all week. <laughs> <laughs> well this is my boys weekend i gotta go hard but uh and I, i'm never exactly. I, I i also know i'm typically not driving anywhere i don't think i've ever had a car out there so um yeah it'll be fun and then uh you know saturday the expo with all the
0: panels and stuff and then uh there's gonna be um there's a special private movie screening happening saturday night but the only the only way you even have a chance to get tickets to that is if you're a Rockin Pod registered podcaster or a ticket buyer, so that mm. and the link will go out through the email addresses on that list um, because it's a private event. But it's going to be really really amazing.
4: And we're not allowed to say what it
0: is. Why not? I'll say what it is. It's it's a it's a double feature movie screening. Um, we're going to show Andrew scambatty's Greatest Show on Earth, the Kiss fan film that he did, mm. and then also we're going to do a. F- a screening of Kiss Meets the Phantom with uh, Courtney Cronin-Dull, Don Jameson, and Craig Gass doing a live commentary. Also, Philip Schaus is going to be part of that, too.
4: Yeah, and in the fact that you even just threw him in at the end there just cements this more, Chris. Um, there are a few things in my life that I take serious, um, as you might know, and there are very few things that can offend me, and uh, there, are, one of them is when somebody talks about Kiss Meets of the Elder, especially some of my peers, and they do not invite me on. The other would be some sort of event involving commentary on what I consider one of the greatest movies never remade, uh, and that is *Kiss Me, Phantom of the park. I um, I take it as a personal slight. I've known you a long time. We we've been friends. I have literally started a petition to remake the movie <laughs> with the current <laughs> live live band. Yeah, I remember that. And there was not even a heads up. Not even a not even a wink and a nod. No, you, you
0: just, mean you, you mean to do the commentary on it?
4: I should be involved in some way. I don't know, MC That's, um, commentary. I should really, I should really be the, the key. <laughs> like I said, the only two things in my life that I care about are being included in Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park conversations and Kiss music from the Elder. Other than that, well, it's, it's all right. so I'm not going to be offended. I know I know you're a busy guy, but I did you have, get a chance to listen to the latest episode of my new sidecast Suns Out Guns Out with uh Josh Toomey. Not yet.
0: I have I've listened to the I've listened to the first one. I I, did, I need to, still need to check out the one with Toomey.
4: Okay. Uh we we actually broke down the entire um schedules of both the Vikings and the Titans and uh uh we both fun. had the Titans just destroying the Chiefs. Uh, I didn't know if you had anything you wanted to say on that, but uh other than you're wrong, but that's, what I mean. that's really about all I can say. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I hope to be at that. I hope to be at that game. Oh, really? Is it local? Yeah, Is it in Tennessee? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in Andy Nashville. LaFon hasn't already invited you? or? Not did, yet. I'm wondering did he lose his season tickets for uh, yelling some racist epitaph and then throwing popcorn at somebody? No, I think you're thinking of Kid Rock. No, oh, right, right. Uh, Kid Rock is. Uh, but anyway, um, well, uh, switching gears a little bit. Uh, Vinny Vincent's back in the news, and I know you guys are tight. Um, uh, I, a semi-serious question: Do you do you feel any like um, I don't know personal pride, accomplishment in the fact that like you were basically the last person to have a legitimate interview with him? like we're we're, like it wasn't like this deep digging thing but you asked him hard questions and you you let him answer and moved on um you Mm -hmm. didn't avoid the kind of touchy subject is all i'm getting at uh
0: oh there was an interview that came out like a week ago wasn't there
4: well it was you could call it an interview but it was like uh he he had that little get let's say let's explain the setting uh so um he had one of his like what 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 did he even call it it was like It's like, Uh, give me 500 bucks and I'll talk to you for two hours event or? Yeah, it's a little wordy, but yeah, they're like his bashes or whatever. Okay. So, yeah, he had one of those and he he took questions from the audience. He let both people there (laughs) ask him questions. Um, (laughs) Zing, sorry, Vinny. You know what? If I'm taking a serious note, I actually think the event as it is is kind of cool if you're a fan. It is very personal, it's very close, and it's very limited in audience, in, in scope. And sure. now, I can make a cheap shot here, you know, and say, like, that's because you there aren't that many people that could come. But honestly, it would be really cool to be able to do something like that with, with someone that, that, like, if you were a really huge fan with. So I don't want to really minimize the event, other than the fact that, like why is it the same shit we were hearing in Atlanta and then hearing in your intervie- yours and Chris's interviews with them? Two, three, four years later, it is still the box set is coming out. I have a wow. new album coming out. All this the same kind of crap. I, I And I'm sorry, but like, Vinnie Vincent, like, I don't know that there is a a velvet rope that that I would feel so entitled to get behind that I would just, like, literally sit there next to him and they'd be proud to put this out there as a, a, like, look at this. Like, I did absolutely nothing to counteract any of this bullshit. Like, I I, I got about 30 minutes into it, and then there was a part where he talked about where he, like, tried to renege on his Enigma deal, and he's just like, Mm. so I was signed to Enigma. There was this record label that I was signed to, but they went bankrupt. I'm right. not really sure that's what happened, Vinny. That's, uh, the, I don't know. You and I both gave him the benefit of the doubt until he came out of nowhere. And yeah. he has just proven to be exactly as bad. Because we also don't think Gene and Paul are the most reputable sources for retelling no. history. No, of course not. And it turns out they got this one right. Oh, yeah. They they definitely got it. Well, them and,
0: you know, a cast of thousands that have worked with him uh, have gotten it right. And, uh, you know, anyone who's been burned by him is, you know, we're all part of a club. And, and when I got burned by him, I got several calls from some of those people. And, and that's funny. Almost every one of them, when I got on the phone, when they said, welcome to the club. Wow. Um, but no, it's a... <laughs> It's sad. I mean, I mean, yeah, for his event that he does at SIR, you know, more power to him if he gets people to pay $500 each to come out there and see. And also, like you said, it really, honestly, if it wasn't for his track record, most people would say that's a pretty cool thing. You know, $500 to basically spend a week get a lot of FaceTime with him. Yeah. You know, where Kiss will herd you through like cattle for a meet and greet. And that's what, you know, what, $4,000 or some crazy shit. And
4: they will not even fucking smile
0: for those pictures. Right. Yeah, so I mean, like you know, let's let's not be hypocritical here. There's other artists, and I actually I was gonna try to get an uh, Alice Cooper meet and greet for this tour that he's doing with Ace, and it's like seven hundred dollars. I was <laughs> like, I'm I'm not doing that, but uh, but no, I don't blame him for that. But as far as like all the empty promises, that's the that's where he keeps shooting himself in the foot. It's like. I think he enjoys hyping things more than just doing them. And it's like, quit.
4: Yeah. He likes, I think he the likes, evidence is clear. That is 100. That's not just an opinion. That is fact. Because he has not yeah. delivered. What, what was the last product he delivered? A t shirt? I
0: mean, overpriced t shirts, I guess. Yeah. You know, or, come on. Or if you want to buy $3,500 handwritten lyrics, you know. <sighs> the box set thing, he, you know, he should have never said that in Atlanta because he had no intention on fulfilling that. And then. Now he's talking about doing what, like vinyls, you know, vinyl box sets that have like twenty albums in them or something. It's like, you know, can you imagine what the what's the cost going to be of that, even if it got delivered? But we know. And the the thing that cracks me up is like he said twelve to eighteen months, and it's like. If he's pushing it out that far, then you know it, it's never going to happen. That's just his way of promising something and hyping it just to get everybody to lose their mind over it, and then
4: he doesn't do it. I knew it wasn't happening when he said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's well, because yeah. he said it. No, nah. I I just don't get how there's anybody that still wants to like like go. Oh my God, Vinny likes me. He really really likes me. That was <laughs> kind of the the takeaway I had from that. And and uh, and, and look, not to belittle anybody, but. You get into to to this podcasting and stuff like this. It is kind of cool when you get to talk to somebody a little bit famous sure. and kind of stuff like that. It kind of sets you back, but like that dude has a reputation just slightly better than OJ's. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, the, you know, but I always
0: say, you know, before I was one of these people before I had my issues with him. So, like, I, I but could, he I, would, I He people. was
4: gone for like it. We didn't know anything.
0: I know, but I'm saying during the comeback and everything with Atlanta and I was, you know, we interviewed him. We were going to have him at Rockapop. We were on board yeah. to support him and everything. So, I, you know, and, and like I tell people, because, but I used to be one of those people. I was a blind devoted fan, and 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 I always tell people, I'm like, look, if if you haven't been burned by him personally, you want to believe that he's all that and he can change and all that. So I don't begrudge people if they still want to be fans of his. That's fine, but. All I'm saying is, don't go into business with him, and don't and have very low expectations.
4: Yeah, I I think I made a comment on um, uh, one of our episodes a couple years back that that I I don't know that I'd give him money if he was handing me the product at the same time. I still think he might like take both and like just jerk them back. You know what I mean? It's just like uh, I, he's just not a, a reputable guy when it comes to that kind of stuff. If I see a product. <clears throat> You know, somewhere that I could purchase because I do love those first two of Vincent records. I do think he actually bailed Kiss out with "Lick It Up." I, 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 I have a hunch he was a little more involved in a couple things on "Creatures of the Night," but uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh, I, 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 yeah. I don't take anything away from him musically. Yeah, and also that was kind of a cool time in music. He literally, literally, he was given <laughs> the record deal based on like. There's no way someone met him and said, okay, we got to do business with this guy. It was all about the, the songs and about the music. And and I, we're, we're really not there now. Now it's like it's the opposite. It's like we, we're going to create you. We're going to do everything for you, and then we're going to put you out there. But at least, you know, that was kind of a magic time in music where someone could actually, like, just be that talented, write songs. And despite the fact that you're a nut job who's going to probably be impossible to work with and lets you, there's no way Vinny ever masked that. I'm 100% on board that, like, anybody that that in the business, they knew, like, well, this guy is fucking crazy, but this is good stuff. Let's get it out there.
0: Well, all the stories I've heard over the years. I mean, a lot of it is he can charm you at first and manipulate you into getting what he wants and then then the monster comes out later.
4: Ah, fair enough. I mean David LaRoth is kind of a character too, but uh and and sometimes I've heard he's hard to work with, but I I think people who've done, no, not have done David Yeah, but people who've done business with him probably don't don't regret it. So, well, let me ask <laughs> you this uh because I was thinking about this just after listening to that interview you did. The, you did an amazing interview with Mark Slaughter. I, I think um, uh, it's easily Mark Slaughter and uh, Desmond Child. I think are probably my two, if I off the top of my head, two favorite Decibel Geek uh, episodes. Uh, just really fun, in depth stuff with two people who are just very cordial, laid back, and open. And if if I recall right, Mark was actually a little bit. Uh, I don't know. He felt hurt that that you were kind of catering the second one towards Vinny. And to me, that almost resonated more now that we kind of see how things kind of panned out. I don't think that was your your intent at the time. Um, I, I, As a matter of fact, I, I know it wasn't, but now I can kind of get it. It was like, well, I was on your show. I, I did the first expo. Do you kind of get that little, like, uh, I don't know, feels like a bit of a diss did that wasn't there something there or am I just incorrect there? Like I thought, Mark was like yeah. literally like a little miffed with you that like you would even like have any dalliance with Vinny.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I've blacked out some of this stuff, but yeah, no, it was. Uh,
4: oh, I'm yeah, sorry, like, I didn't mean to bring no, up repressed memories, but
0: that's okay. I, I I'm just so busy this time of year, I forget a lot of things. But no, I no, there was. I mean, he was he wasn't crazy about about how vi- we you know we. Hopped on the Vinnie train for Rock and Pod 2018. It's not that. It's not that Mark wasn't. It's a invited wagon, in-
4: by the way. It's a fame wagon. Uh, the Vinnie was oh, fame right. wagon. <laughs> it <laughs> wasn't. Uh,
0: it wasn't that we didn't Mike, invite Mark for 2018 because we had tried before, but Slaughter was on tour at that time. Okay, but but I think he was he was still miffed about. Like you know, after everything I told you, and now this, and we actually, you know, Mark was at the com- no, actually, Mark was in town because yeah, Mark was at the comedy show. He was, yeah,
4: I met him, yeah,
0: yeah, and we talked it Pissed out. My that wife night off because yeah. she has
4: still has the hots for him.
0: Yeah, oh really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he no, we talked it out, and he, you know, we we came to uh, an understanding. But no, he was it wasn't a big deal.
4: But no, no, that but, wasn't my point. Uh, my 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 actual question was to go back now that you kind of understand where I was coming from do you kind of get why he would be because now i kind of oh, sure. do and i don't think i did at the time like, oh you-
0: yeah no i absolutely un- No, i i got it at the time even i mean i, okay. I went up to him and told him I was, that i was sorry about it actually but uh, but no yeah i totally would get where he's coming from from that
4: yeah i mean because he lived it yeah <laughs>
0: yeah i i had just a little window with vinny i couldn't imagine
4: working for years with the guy so Vinny, uh, how much is he charging to be at Rockin' Pod this year?
2: Wake up Vinny, I ain't gonna give a fucking time to you You cancel all your shows, you gotta know That you're running out of fans to screw So you throw yourself a birthday bash You must be running low on cash I really don't think people care anymore you heard my show and threatened to sue we all know that meredith is you you stole my wallet and that's what really hurts all we wanted was to hear some songs and watch you play but you struggled with coaching when you showed up with the yonk on your face You got kicked out of your own band You're on Facebook blocking your last fan. Ah any you probably should be in jail The lies have taken a toll on your face You're sad because you'll never be ace And speedball jam, well that's some pain we can do without I suppose creatures of the night and lick it up are cool But you're a liar and a thief and I wouldn't see the same about your pantsuit You're the guitar player who cried wolf Couldn't sell out a 60-seat room take the hint, Vinny, it's time to go away. I guess you do keep me amused, but your fans are being used. Your word is worthless and your fame is dying now.
4: To wrap up the little, a little bit of Vinny talk we've been doing here, one of the things that came up in the interview that I really it reminded me of something that he said when he talked to you and Aaron. He has a book coming out, <laughs> and I just listening to him basically tell the same story for the fourth or fifth time. Mm. I'm looking forward to this small paperback, eighty page <laughs> pamphlet that he's going to call his book uh, because he clearly doesn't have anything else to fucking say. That was right. my my takeaway. Is like. You have all these opportunities. Like, I've talked to, I don't know, Michael Sweet five times. Uh, I can't really count Ron Kill because we end up just talking about, like, just ridiculous stuff that people don't even care about. But all I'm getting at is that, like, when you are an interesting person and you have something that's worth a reading, you, like, Michael Sweet's released a book and we've never talked about stuff that's really in the books. There's more to the story, is all I'm getting at. Vinny seems to have only about. I don't know, eight, like I said, 80 pages. He's got 80 pages of story, and it's all the same thing. And I just, uh, boy, I, I I, just hope it's not too expensive. But, of course, that's, that's, I'll get the Kindle version.
0: Well, I mean, it, well, the thing is, though, Baco, if, if he told the truth, I mean, how would that make him look if he actually laid out the truth about <laughs> it?
4: Oh, man, I would love to hear the fucking truth.
0: Well, you could, I mean, if you go off stuff that we've unearthed on my show through guests we've had that have worked with him, yeah, um, I could have a 500-page book by now, I'm sure.
4: Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, somebody writing about Vinny could. Vinny, yeah. I, I, I do think Vinny does live in this bubble. Uh, I don't think he's even aware those things are true. And
0: uh, <laughs> Oh, no, he is. Don't worry, he is.
4: <laughs> of course, you're a fan of Van Halen. I, uh, like almost anybody is there anybody that that of our ilk people that are gonna be at rock and pod, fans, podcasters guests that that just fucking hates Van Halen. do you think that it even exists?
0: I don't know one person that actually hates Van Halen maybe Van Hagar but i don't know anyone it's well, right hates van they, they
4: differentiate you know what i mean yeah. like you know like i know people who just hate acdc or hate Aerosmith, but i literally and by the way uh much to the chagrin of my co-host uh, loose cannon that is where perfectly rated came from is that like my my sudden rationalization like in the late 90s that like van halen is the most perfectly rated band nobody says they're overrated nobody says they're underrated Everybody, they just exist. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting to think about now. I don't think
0: I've ever met one person that has said I hate Van Halen, and that's quite a that's quite a feat.
4: Yeah. Just, <laughs> anyway, his uh, by the time it'll be out by the time this episode drops, but uh, uh, his son Wolf uh, has has his first debut record coming out, and immediately, um, like his, his father passed away last October, and. I, I was really impressed with him as a person because he was kind of the front. He was the face of like dealing with the media, the press, stuff like that and getting out there. And I thought he handled that very well. But since that time and also in anticipation of his record coming out, I think he's a bit of a brat. Like he, he tore into somebody who called him kid. He's like, Oh, I'm a kid now. I'm 30 years old. And I'm like, hey you know what kid you're kidding me and uh you need to realize that uh, your demographic is pretty much 35 to 65 those are your fucking fans you are they're not people younger than you i look i've heard the record i like it but mm-hmm. i'm the audience not not my kids yeah it's kind of like uh like greta van fleet you know,
0: expecting to have super young fans. I'm sorry, guys. Your your fans are middle aged. That's too bad. It's just the
4: way it is. Because they're yeah. actually a band up and coming. They they should be gravitating to them, but it's all those old fucks.
0: It is. I mean, I mean, I that's I why not imma- Well, I just can't imagine a lot of super young kids going to see him. I could be wrong, but I mean, most of the people talking about them seem to be people our age.
4: Now, again, this could be just the exception that proves your rule, but I do have a, a close friend. He got dragged to a Greta Van Fleet concert by his son, uh, and he, he's my age. And uh, I was kind of proud of that, but I, I don't know that that's actually the typical audience. Yeah, I I just think by and large it's it's people our age because that's the type of music
0: we like, you know. But um, but with Wolfie, I mean, I. I think you're right. I mean, I think most of the audience is going to be Van Halen fans, at least for now. I mean, if he could separate himself a bit. I do think he gets a lot of hate for, there's like a lot of people our age and older that are like, well, it doesn't sound anything like his dad's band. And I'm like, well, of course it fucking doesn't. But does he? I mean,
4: mean, well, I mean, I give him credit for not really like being a Van Halen replica. But like, what would that even be? That would be the hardest thing to kind of like, like to me, Julian Lennon like when he yeah. released his first stuff it was like well he sounds like John Lennon and it's a pop song but how do you how do you sound like Eddie Van Halen it's almost impossible and Wolfie's oh, an extremely yeah. talented musician sure but i'm not saying he that he would i'm just saying People
0: are like, there's people that are kind of just stupid that are like expecting it to be Van Halen Jr.
4: And I'm saying that's the minority, not the majority. And now I I might be wrong. Well,
0: maybe it is, but I mean, like you have to view it from what did he grow up listening to? He grew up listening to like Creed and Nickelback and Mm -hmm. modern rock from the late 90s, early 2000s. And that's what I think that's what it has the vibe to to me. It sounds like modern rock from the last 20 years.
4: 100% agree. I, I, I felt, um, I thought like the songs were actually very good. I thought all the musicianship was above like mediocre, like all all really high level musicianship because he played everything and wrote everything right. But there is yeah. there's no signature tone. The, I, mm. he, he's a great singer, but if if he, his voice is great, but if I heard him sing a song on the radio, I wouldn't be able to go. That's Wolf Van Halen, at least not now, no. not yet, not yet um and that that's not a shot it, it's a very polished and slick sounding record and nothing like his dad what i'm getting as i don't know that 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 many people actually expected him to sound like that and when someone says you know you, no and again there's gonna be people that say negative stuff when like you're but he gives way too much attention to them i think
0: oh yeah yeah he, he likes to engage with trolls on twitter all the time you know and that's that's not going to serve him any purpose. It just makes him look like a whiny brat a lot of the time.
4: That's kind of where I was getting at that. I was like, I, I thought he really, he cut, cause when, when his father passed, he came off very composed, smart, intellectual. Like I didn't like him being part of the Van Halen re- reunion, but I was never upset with him. All right. But, but he's also in a weird situation too. Like, you and I probably said his name out loud before he could speak. You know, yeah. you know, I mean we literally almost have a relationship with him that he only a handful of people can understand, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and that that is different and and his father's legacy is always going to be there, but I just don't feel like this like overwhelming like urge of those people who are fans of Eddie to like shit on Wolfie. I think people, you know, were upset that Michael wasn't part of the reunion, but I really don't yeah. feel people thought like let's piss on the seventeen-year-old about it. I don't think he's getting that much hate. That's my point. But yeah. he he on Twitter especially always brings it up and retweets and says things. Well, it's like, um, and I've been guilty of this too. But it's like vague Not booking me. where you put out
0: well you, you put out you put out vague posts to try to basically just elicit attention to yourself, and people yeah. do it all the time. And people hit you know younger people have, his generation do that a lot, too, where it's like, I know I'm going to get a reaction if I if I do this or if I respond to this. So maybe some of it's calculated. Maybe he wants to do that just to get the attention.
4: Man, that's uh, that's pretty jaded. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just go into Judas Priest uh, music groups and uh, talk about Ripper Owens maybe not being a stand-up dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had so much fun watching that the other day. Uh, uh, oh, cheers to you then. Uh, cheers to you. I was like, oh boy, Baco Baco decided to run in and light the fire
3: and watch it burn. <laughs>
4: I definitely started it, but it went way too far. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. See, yeah. I,
0: I, I, will, I do not do that stuff online, but I'm happy to have friends that do just so I can be entertained by it.
4: <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, look, uh, uh, l c has always had a lot of fun at my expense over that stuff. I'll do it once in a while. Sometimes, actually, I, I think I have a point, and sometimes I really do just kind of want to... Actually, I never say anything I don't flat out like stand behind. But sometimes I know what I'm doing. If that makes sense, it's like well, I know you, you know what you know what it's going to lead to, <laughs> right? And and to <laughs> me, that's the fun part. Is like, well, I, I won't have to like actually ever claim that I don't. These aren't my actual ideals or beliefs or that kind of stuff. But I also know it's pointless and, and stupid and kind of fun sometimes. You know, m- my wife gets the remote, and that's what happens. You know, if I don't get to pick what's on TV. Uh, up comes Facebook, and I go to a uh, sub fan group, and uh, that's So it. it's your wife's
0: fault. I see you're passing the buck there.
5: I'm waiting for a good old-fashioned cure for my condition Cause I'm all-
4: It was a big wall of vinyl. Now, what would you estimate your number of records at? Not
0: that many. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a couple hundred, probably. I just started rebuilding the collection like, you know, three years ago. So I, I sold a lot of my shit off years ago.
4: I vinyl I never got rid of, but, but um, uh, the stuff uh, other than the stuff I collected, most of it was never worth anything, so it just moved with me. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Now actually, a lot of it it's, it's got a little bit of value. By a little bit of value, I mean records that I bought three for a dollar are now worth eight to twelve dollars. All
0: right. Well, and, and I I do not buy vinyl to for the collectability, like for the for resale or whatever thinking this is an investment like i know there's a lot of kiss nerds that do that you know they'll they'll buy the the no, colored talk about them in a second okay well they'll, they'll buy like a colored limited edition thing on and they all get bought up and then they got put on ebay for double the pro. i'm not going to be like that but no i'll find i like oddball records i if you went through this collection you'd find some really wacky shit in here so like the, you know and then the ultimate in the kiss nerdery is that i have a a copy of the Casablanca release, Here's Johnny, the best of The Tonight Show, the one that almost sank the record company before Alive came out. That's I've got cool. two copies, one sign. Well, one is uh, sealed still. I've got... Um, I, I like... Remember all those crappy compilations of rock and metal bands in the early 80s? Like, what? I've got most of those.
4: Like, you're like, talking like... like cause I know, like, Columbia, uh, Columbia Records did a bunch of them. Um, but yeah. there was also, like, you know, those ones of, like... Uh, Oh, combat records would do them, or like Megaforce. Yeah. Which and some is-
0: of them are some of them are cool, but like a lot of them, I just get them because the the track listing is so weird. You know, it'll yeah. be bands that have no business to. I got one the other day. We just talked
4: about. Wait, it's it's not even out yet. Yeah, like it's like Judas Priest. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of another one. Like I came fast away, and then zebra. Yeah. I've got a
0: bunch of those. And like I got one the other day it was like put out by the Maxell company. You remember the Maxell yeah. company that made cassette tapes? It was a Maxell vinyl record compilation of bands. Wow. And I was like I got it for 50 cents. I'm like, why not 50 cents? Why not? But anything I have that's worth anything, I got by accident. I don't like intentionally do it to get money or anything.
4: Other than um certain records uh, cuz I was a Kiss album vinyl collector uh i basically have a complete collection now unless you one of those i was gonna say idiots yeah i'm gonna say idiots that chase all the variants down and by variants i mean like um like i always look for the first pressing not every variant of the first pressing this one has a black label with with black printing this is a black label mm. with silver printing all that kind of stuff i just that 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 to me is a bit of bit much yeah. but uh yeah you know what i mean i have a couple of rec- for the most part i'm with you It like i i bought a ton of vinyl when i was in college because it was cheap it, i
0: do have um i do have a copy of ace fraley spaceman on vinyl that came from minnesota from you mm. and it's still sealed
4: right on yeah <laughs> Uh, that was an apology record uh but we don't need to get into that Uh, (laughs) but anyway uh, one of the things i thought was funny you you, you're familiar with record store day right sure now the whole concept of record store day was that like as the music industry kind of changed and things developed uh independent record stores had a harder time staying afloat so uh, artists of like big ilk would do these special releases on this one day that you could only get in these record stores. And right. and that would help them kind of like twice a year drive business. That's the whole purpose of this. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, people debate like, well, people just go there, stock up, throw them on eBay. It's like, whatever. It helps out the independent music store. I don't care. And that was right. the whole idea, Right. Well, Walmart, I don't know if you knew this, they recently got into the game. They are trying to do their own record store day. They did a Walmart vinyl week with all these special editions. Yeah, I thought it was a terrible selection. Well, there's that. And to me, I I think if you're a vinyl fan, it's like, man, I really like steak. I'm going to go to Arby's and get a hero. Uh, you know, because right. I I really want fine food. It's antithetical of what it should be about, right? If you re- and but of course, who is the target audience for this? It's the Kiss fans. What is like the worst thing they've put on vinyl in the last decade? Is that fucking Kiss World? And there is oh, yet gosh. another <laughs> special color variant that you can only get at walmart only online except for in the stores that sell it in store which is just, right. it's just maddening and then you know of course i'm in these kiss groups where people are like yeah went to 18 WalMarts today here's my 50 copies i don't even get it. it's like it's it, it's against everything that vinyl stands for it's just like first of all you're giving the money to the people who don't need it you're buying a record that is fucking horrible only because yeah. it is in another color. And then you're 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 being the typical KISS fan. You are buying way more than you need with the hope that somehow you can turn around and sell this. And then you're gonna share them all online. <laughs> and then you're gonna go, Oh, but wait, no, I bought one for myself and forty nine for my friends. I'm giving yeah. these away as gifts or all no, that you're not. All that bullshit. <laughs> it's just like It's like, well, that's why you can't find these records, you know? And I hate that. I I hate that artists actually engage in this. Metallica's done it. Where all these special releases that you can only get at Walmart. To me, that pretty much derides the entire purpose of what a unique vinyl copy is. Walmart should really just have four or five records available at any time. Like Bob Marley's Greatest Hits, Eagle's Greatest Hits uh Whitney Houston's greatest hits and Mariah Carey's greatest hits that's all they mm-hmm. should ever be able to sell in vinyl the idea that like you can only get a certain product that actually matters there is fucking just silly it's just yeah,
0: and i don't get the thinking i and like to me i and like i said i don't i don't even collect variants of anything i did, if it's a record i like i buy it i listen to it i enjoy it but people buying you know different, and and do whatever your heart heart's desire but like like i don't even understand the walmart thing because like to me there's no magic the magic is going to an actual record store and thumbing through the fucking bins and like the only time i order anything online is if it's something only sold online like from an independent band i love or whatever i'll buy those but most of the time i i just like the hunt is more fun for me just flipping through the racks and seeing what's there but I sure as fuck ain't gonna buy vinyl at Walmart. Why would I want to do that?
4: <laughs> no, do you, do you <laughs> just, buy more used vinyl than
0: you're kind of looking for the old oh, stuff? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I condition means nothing. As long as the record's okay, I don't care if the cover's beat up or anything. I just, I just buy it like I did when I was a kid. You know
4: yeah I'm actually kind of pretty much the same way. there are There are some really new releases that are cool to get into, but there is one record that like used is always expensive and the new version's expensive that I finally chomped down and bought, and that was Pink Floyd the wall. Um And I had that as a kid, and that probably was given to me for my sister. Uh, yeah. and I used to listen to that, you know, like as a teenager with the headphones on in the dark, and that was the first thing I did. It was like I turned all the lights off. I nice. put it on the turntable and I was like, I just paid forty eight bucks for this thing, and, <laughs> and it, it was magical. And, you know, music always does that; it takes you back to a certain time. So, yeah, well, uh, yeah,
0: with well, the, the vinyl, some of the vinyl collectors, I'm thinking, do you guys even listen to this stuff? It's like, are you just buying it to throw on a shelf? Like, you're supposed to listen to it, you know? Right? I, it just, yeah. I don't get that. And like, speaking of that, I. I just got a record in that I had to order from England because it's so hard to find. It's a, a used copy of the first Blue Murder record. I just got that in.
4: Wow, that's actually yeah. a pretty good find. It was not cheap.
0: <laughs> I'll say that. I had to pay up for that one.
4: Okay, uh, now you're going back to your comments about variants, I actually had someone debate me. Uh, I don't know if you know this, I work in printing, but you know, like... Mm-hmm. um. The spine, like when you're looking at it it, it, it reads like you know, "kiss, love, gun" or whatever. You know, yeah. it's on the skinny part. You know, the the for the listener, um, basically, when it got folded, it got folded out of place, and so the spine actually wrapped around to the front. Does that make sense? Yeah, I have okay. something to do that. It's a manufacturing defect. And someone was talking about, like, check out this cool variant I got. And I'm like, and I tried to tell them that's not a variant. That was just a manufacturing defect. Yeah. You know, it's like getting uh, two sleeves in the album. It was like, oh, man, it was was this like a special pressing where they accidentally threw in an extra sleeve? It's like, it's, yeah, it's stupid. It's the,
0: the special fuck-up edition. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs>
4: Mad that over all these years we've 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 incorporated like uh, you motherfucker, (laughs) Craig Smith, to all sorts of like little little bits. We've we've had your co-host who has basically become a bit of a. We've used him as a laugh track in pretty much every episode. (laughs) Are you upset that we haven't uh, found a soundbite of you to uh, feature each episode?
0: No, I just I just figure I'm too boring to use anything from, so that <laughs> works for me.
4: <laughs> See that? No, now that actually hurts my feelings. So I mean, no, I
0: mean Aaron's Aaron's got the memorable laugh, and he's more the, <laughs> I'm more the straight man for the show. Not that I'm calling him gay or anything, but but no, it, um, but no, I I can't. I don't know that I have anything that's really you know like I don't know that I've said much that's really worthy of doing. Although wait, you did, <laughs> LC used me in a bit. When I was promoting Rock and Pot a couple of years ago, yeah,
4: yeah, and I was like, but it wasn't was like, recurring. I, Something we like, we we go back to yeah. the well, especially with uh, those two, uh, uh, Camaro and uh, Craig Smith. You <laughs> motherfucker! Yeah,
0: no, I I'm not offended or anything. Although I did tell I did tell LC, I was like, I will never give the full guest list of Rock and Pod on your show again, just because of that one happening.
4: And right now, I need you to give me the full guest list of the show. Please. You
0: motherfucker! Yeah, uh, go to rockinpod.com and read the whole list for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, El, the thing is, Aaron and I, we're just lazy, because lc has one of those memorable laughs and i keep saying we're gonna sample his laugh and start doing it back to you guys but we just get we're just too lazy to do it
4: no you just gotta do it one time and then it's, it's pretty easy drop after that yeah <laughs> no are you are you kidding his is like violent yeah, yeah it's they, like it's <laughs> way up
0: there <laughs> yeah. that's
4: that's my lc laugh impersonation now uh Oh, well, there'll soon be a divorce in the Cobras and fire camp. <laughs> no, he, he's definitely someone who can take a joke. Uh a little bit on your background, because I know you've been in bands. We talked about your hair, and I know that like uh Andy <laughs> Williams hologram tour was something you turned down a few years back. Uh hologram t- no, not a
0: hologram tour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You've you 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 basically lived in so many cities that you can root for every sports team. Uh, oh, uh, okay, why why, why don't you give us oh, like uh, just a just a little bit here? Now, seriously speaking, when did you like uh, start getting serious about music? And actually, when were you? How far did you actually get with it?
0: As, as far, far as, as playing, playing music, playing
4: in, in bands. What was the band's name? All that good stuff.
0: I never got that far. I mean, I, I played clubs, but did a few like little weekend trips to cl- clubs in, you know, Tennessee, but that's pretty much the the limit I got to. Um, but no, I'd not, never did anything anyone really would have heard of, but had a two bands that were kind of serious bands, but other than that, but not neither of them took off or anything and all Tennessee um, based? Yeah, yeah. No, I never when I lived in other states before, I was too young to really be in bands. And then by the time I started living out of state again, like Kansas City and stuff, I was that. that actually, I gave I had given up on music, and that's part of why I moved to Kansas City because I was just burned out on trying to do something here in Nashville and just kind of fed up with everything.
4: So let me phrase it this way: I, I consider my hometowns uh, Medford, Owatonna, Rochester, and Saint Paul. I've lived other places. Uh, but those are the the places that were my mainstays. Those are all in in Minnesota. What do you, what do you consider? Yeah, you seem like you moved moved around a little bit.
0: Uh, the the main ones that I spent like, you know, I guess more than a year. Um, well, Nashville. At Nashville, we would always come back to Nashville because my dad was a salesman. So basically, depending on how his job was going or lack thereof, we would wind up back in Nashville, either living on our own or with family, because that's how it works when you're in sales. But You know, Nashville, Atlanta, Chicago, Kansas City were like the main city areas that I lived in. Chicago, huh? Yeah. Well, I lived in an area called Lyle, which is right next to Naperville, which is kind of the first big city next to it. Okay. Yeah. And I was there. I lived in that area um, when the Bears won the Super Bowl in 85.
4: All right, well, let's uh, dumb it down a little bit because it sounds like our music career was pretty similar. Um, well no, you did way more than I ever did. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was your first like real guitar? What was your favorite like your first one that like like or or have you even got it yet?
0: No, oh, no, I've had some cool guitars over the years. I mean, the 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 first electric... I remember I, my dad taught me acoustic on a, an old uh, acoustic guitar he had. It was an Aria. My dad and, tried.
4: I refused. Electric or no, nothing. Really. Electric or nothing, bitch. Wow.
0: Well, I learned acoustic from the ages of six through about 11, and then... Uh when I was twelve I begged for an electric guitar and I got a uh, it was it was a you could order it out of JCPenney. It was called a Sinsonics guitar. Ooh. And it was um it was a Steinberger copy, of the headless guitar. Ah. So that tells you what time frame of when I got it. Yeah. And I was a big white lion fan, so I was stoked. So <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> yeah, I had uh I had that and then what was the next one I got? Um I had a Washburn Explorer. That was the one I had probably the majority of. Well, after that, I got a. Uh, it was a. The first better one I got was a Gibson Epiphone Strat. Just the black with the white pit guard, straight up with the hockey stick uh, headstock. And uh, that was my first band that I played in, in high school. I played that. And then I got a Washburn Explorer and I played that out a lot. It was all white. It was like a cream color. Mm-hmm. And uh, Triple Humbucker had thing was really it would roar it was a really loud loud guitar and then um and then i had a fernandez strat that was really cool it was similar to what dino Cazares had in fear man
4: i haven't heard that name in a long time uh what's his name uh kirk hammett played fernandez
0: yeah and this one looked just like dino's guitar um it had like it was black with all gold hardware it was really cool and uh that was my favorite setup was that fernandez guitar and i had a uh mesa boogie uh blue angel dual rectifier amp and that Ooh. thing that was the best sounding amp i ever owned. combo
4: or was, a head and cabinet it, it was a combo but it was it was a, and
0: you wouldn't even think it would get that loud but i could fill a club with that thing it was so loud it was oh, crazy
4: now you don't have to convince me but
0: that was beautiful sounding that was the best setup i ever had and then uh, thanks to a drug habit, I sold it all off. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I uh, but that was the best one I had. And then I, I've got now behind me. Probably I was going to ask, what
4: the-, the mockingbird there? Like, a- yeah,
0: that's a, it's a BC Rich mockingbird.
4: Now is that American made or one of the? Uh, uh, I have no idea. Is it N? Does it say NJ or anything like that on it? Or? It's a masterpiece. Crafted in China.
0: I've got it for like 100 bucks off Facebook. You got that for 100 bucks? Yeah, I'll, and I'll, t- I'll show you why. Can you see the top of the neck here? You see
4: this? Yeah.
0: There's a crack.
4: Oh, okay. Uh, now, does does that mean see- it's a Les Paul?
0: <laughs>
4: huh? <laughs> that means the, Les Pauls, that, those headstocks snap off.
0: Uh, well, I, the thing is, I got it off. You know, when I got over there and the guy showed it to, and like, you know, he explained what it, he used. Like the glue that you would have to order from the company, and yeah. he, he put like a vice grip on it, left it on for two days. That thing never goes out of tune. So it's like the crack. No, it's there, actually but.
4: very easy. I, I, I've 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 have i i have have 2 guitars in my basement here with snapped off top halves of necks, typically at yeah. the headstock. But the Les Paul, especially like the the the, the Gibson Les Pauls. Those are notorious. If those things tip over, the fucking headstock just flies. Yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah. I've
0: had zero problems out of that thing. And I, cause I got, he was like, I'll sell it to you for a hundred bucks. And I, cause I know retail, that thing would go for like four or five or something.
4: Oh, at least. But, but, uh. That's no, actually plays- one of the, because you look at, you got the, um, um, the not just the fretboard there with the, the cloud inlays there. You, this is really boring people. But you got the um <laughs> yeah, the whole binding around the outside. That's on the, the high end of the uh, um, import stuff. I'd say it probably retails at around $9,000, $9, 900 to to $1,000. You probably get it typically for, you know, six to eight, something like oh, that. Oh, wow
0: well, I got a better deal than I thought I did.
4: You got to, yeah, yeah. Especially if that's the only issue there. So, yeah.
0: But yeah, I've always loved that body style, and you know, from that was yeah. one when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'd love to have one of those. And then when I saw it on Facebook, I was like, Oh! And he was selling it for like two hundred. And then I got there and he showed me the crack wasn't mentioned in the ad. And I'm like, Well, you didn't have that on the ad, man. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to buy it now. And he's like, All right, I'll do it for a hundred. I'm like, well, <laughs> Screw that! I'll buy, I'll buy it for a hundred. Why not? Uh, yeah. I just, it, I'm just gonna plunk around on the house on it, you know.
4: No, I have a Mockingbird. It's the only guitar I have um, left that actually has a uh, Floyd Rose tremolo on it. Um, I, I, I don't need that, and I hate it because like I'm going to put new strings on it. I'll talk to you in two weeks.
0: Exactly. You I know, hate Floyd Rose.
4: Oh God, you need a guitar tech if you have those fucking. But by the way, if you're going to use a tremolo, it's the way to go. But oh, I just sure. I just I prefer just a set set bridge. It turns. I stopped out... wanting
0: a I stopped wanting a tremolo bar when I was fourteen.
4: I actually only keep it because it's the only one I have that still has one. I'm like, there might be a time where I'm writing a song where I need that whammy bar. And it's just (laughs) like, ah, God. Uh, So you you said uh, the Mesa Boogie combo uh, was your your favorite. uh, Yeah. So I bought a uh, PV Triple X. George Lynch was endorsing them at the time. And that is PV's attempt. Attempt at uh, kind of replicating the Mesa Boogie triple rectifier. Yeah, I wanted one of those really bad. Yeah, it's more affordable, and there's a reason why it doesn't doesn't quite have that boof, but it is the nicest head I've ever owned. What I really want that by the time I realized I wanted it, they were just so outpriced. Is a classic Marshall JCM 800. That to me is the the cream of the crop.
0: Yeah, with the uh, the plexis in it.
4: Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, just oh, it's just beautiful. It, I, it's more of the tone. I mean, it's it's it just gives you that thick, beefy blue sound. It's just I don't know. It's just oh, I did. I don't know if you. I don't know if
0: you remember this. We talked about it on the show years ago, but when Dick Wagner came into town and when we did the interview with him, he did a he was doing a book signing at this music store and like actually, Rich Dillon was in town for that, and um, a bunch of us went out to the book signing and we're in line and this guy that's no more than twenty, twenty one is in front of us and he's holding this old Marshall head and it's beat up as hell and uh. he brings it up, he puts it on the table. Turns out it was actually Dick's he- Marshall head from the uh, wow. Welcome to My Nightmare Tour. That's and he amazing. bought it he bought it from a guy out of a barn in like Nebraska. I don't well, know how did, it wound how, it how up would there. Dick know it was his. Because it had markings and tape and writing and stuff on it. Because the kid brought it, he he wanted to verify that it was his, and and Dick starts looking through it. He goes, "Yeah, you've got my actual head here. It's crazy."
4: So, uh, back to you being in a band. Did you, did you do any singing? Oh no,
0: <laughs> no. Well, actually, it did well we like did background we do, or? yeah, I did that, but I was not very good. But um, there was <laughs> there was a it was it was a game room. It was a building that was like uh, just an open building out in the middle of nowhere when we were in high school and. We started putting. they they were letting us play like 3 hours. So we're like we had to put a full set together. And we mostly just did originals, but then we were like, let's start playing some covers and stuff. So we did put a few covers into the set and I did sing um we did Deuce by Kiss and I sang that one.
4: Oh, can give us a taste. Oh hell no. Come on, just give me some get up get your grandma out here here. Nah, come, you don't want to hear that. Come on, just 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 no. step Ma- back a little bit. Go get up and get your grandma. Come on. Oh jeez! Get
2: up and get your grandma out of here. See,
4: you, you, the fans are happy. Ah, uh, that was very good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everyone shut their iPhones off. At the <laughs> <same time. Aww.
4: laughs> you, you, you're you, there's self deprecating, and then there's Chris Sinzak. Uh, <laughs> 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 Chip back to rock and pod. Uh, what are your favorite memories of rock and pod?
0: Oh, wow. Um, when they're over, no, uh, um, man.
4: Well, how about this? Like, yeah. remember the yeah. first year that that kind of like tiny little thing, and it's the very first time you're doing this thing, and how cool it was, and we all met each other for the first time, yeah, and then a year later, everybody's pissed. Everybody was pissed a year later? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> right over my head.
0: No, I, no, the, fir- the first year, I, I mean, the first year is kind of a magical thing. You know, we were in a very small room and it was uh, a big, big learning experience for me because, you know, I had never organized something like right. that. So it was, it was kind of frightening and a, a tense thing, but like everyone pulled together and helped me out, you know, with the exception of Michael Butler. But, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Zing. It was, uh Yeah. It was a, uh, that one's going to be kind of special because we didn't know how it was going to go and everybody seemed to have so much fun. And then I think I remember a lot of you guys would, you know, got up and started playing at the end of the day as as, as everybody cleared out and just jammed and stuff. And just seeing all all these friends that I, you know, a lot of them I had met for the first time just having a blast. And, uh, you know, to me, the the event's fun, but it's the event stressful for me. It's mostly all the stuff around the event where I get to, really spend time with you guys it's just seeing everybody every year that's what i do it for you know i just and we have a lot of new shows coming this year but a lot of people coming back as well so i always like that it's kind of like the family gets bigger every year you know that's what i love about it
4: there's been a lot of shows that i haven't heard of that i now have to check out before we head out there so that's kind of cool man yeah and um one thing that surprised me is how many
0: internet radio shows there are like there's that seems like that's way back on the upswing compared, because that was a big thing in the '90s. But now it's like it's really coming back. There's a lot of streaming music shows, and I think that's probably because the crackdowns on podcasts for copyrighted music. Maybe there's more people going to doing the mm. streaming licensing thing, and um, also I'm unlimited excited to meet un-
4: unlimited data being more common with uh, cell phone packages.
0: Yeah, but it's um it's cool but yeah i'm excited for this year you know it's our it's our biggest guest lineup it's our biggest podcast lineup and we've got you know three days and we're gonna look at do uh you know after this year we're gonna look at doing the expo over two days next year because we're trying to fit a hell of a lot of stuff into into one day this year um one thing i'm super excited about is uh the three mtv vjs ricky rackman and mark goodman and matt penfield doing a panel on their time at mtv on stage that's going to be really awesome
4: and those three guests are pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to meet all of them. Yeah, it's, and they've been great to work with behind the scenes. And um, But, yeah, that's cool. Of course, Billy Sheehan coming this year. He's been on my, my big wish list for a long time.
4: And Gene Vogel's. so.
0: Well, Gene Vogel, I mean, that goes without saying. He's, no, no, like, no, no, Gene a, Vogel really to wants to meet uh, oh, Billy Sheehan. No, I meant Gene Vogel's at the top of my list of people I want to see this year.
4: <laughs> well, you know, when you actually see him, it'll be like a little, a little right about here uh you know he's oh, okay he's, he's he's uh i'm making a short joke for people at home um, i don't know for some reason i
0: picture <laughs> i pictured him being a tall guy for some reason i would say i don't look down on him but it sounds like i'm going to
4: <laughs> or maybe eye to oh, eye yeah. at this point how much is it you reaching out to people going can would you be interested in being a guest versus people going i'm into coming to rock and pod for the most
0: part it's still me coming to people but I mean but a lot of it's also, you know, they don't know until I announce dates and whatever and I every year I try so to get better at it. So you actually Izzy.
4: reached out to Izzy Presley?
0: Well, not Izzy, but uh <laughs> Izzy Well, no, I'm just kidding. Well, I even told Izzy last year we'd love to have him sometime just cuz he's he's fun to hang out with, but no, we uh Izzy actually is is coming as part of Monsters of Rock cruise and I haven't announced it yet, but they're the Monsters of Rock Cruise is kind of involved a little bit this year. Where they're going, Izzy's representing them, and we're going to actually be
4: giving away some cabins for Monsters Ooh. of Rock Cruise, or
0: one of their events at least. It looks like, yeah.
4: Now, are uh, podcast attendees uh, not allowed to enter, or
0: everyone's allowed to enter?
4: Okay, my wife really wants to go because of Cooper.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, I would. Uh, I've, every year I say I'm going to go, and every year I don't. But yeah, who I'm knows? With, I'm with you. Yeah, they're um uh, but no that I'm excited for that but no it's usually me reaching out to the guests cuz I try to pin down a lot of them just so I have a lot of guests confirmed by the time we announce cuz otherwise it's like hey here's an event we don't know who's coming. I like try to have a few people ready to go.
4: Well, you've already said you don't want to run down everybody. How about you give me the headliners? Give me the give me the people you really want to talk about here. All right. Well, you know, like I mentioned Billy
0: Sheehan, uh Carmine Appice and Vinnie Appice. Don Jameson from That Metal Show, you know, no stranger to your show. Sure. Uh, the three MTV VJs, Mark Goodman, Matt Penfield, Ricky Rackman. Of course, Ron Keel is coming. Nice. I, uh, I, ha- I haven't booked the hot tub yet. I'm working on it. Just <laughs> give me some time. Also, the uh, the comedians, Craig Guest, as I mentioned, Don Jameson, Courtney. Uh, Ace Von Johnson from LA Guns is coming. And Faster Pussycat, uh, Pamela DeBar, you know, world-famous groupie and writer. Roxy Blue, Paul Taylor, Toby Wright, they're all coming back. Christopher Williams from Accept. The Talisman, the guys from Gene and Ace's band, they're going to actually be performing acoustically at the expo, so that'll be cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jason Beeler and uh, Chris McLernan, both from Saigon Kick, are going to come, so that'll be nice. Uh, you know, Leah Vendetta, Ricky Rackman's girlfriend, if you saw the show Ink Master, she was on the first season. Great tattoo artist. Um Resist and bite, of course. Tommy Skio's band. That's that's kind of the main ones we have uh, we have going right now. And then, of course, a whole host of other. All, all of Tor Tor is coming now. I got I, we announced that this week too.
4: And but lo- there's a lot of people that actually come for the podcast. Um, yes. Uh, outside of Cobras and Fire and, and Decibel Geek, uh, is there anybody that worth paying attention to going to be there? Well, they're all worth paying attention to. So I kid. I know. Hey, is the Kiss podcast uh, total down this year? Because I swear to God, I think Matt Porter is the only one that I, I saw in there. Uh Podcast Rock City is coming.
0: I'll go. Oh, of course. You know, so. we, I'm
4: sorry, I saw that too. Uh,
0: yeah, but uh, no, there's a lot of new shows, but a lot of older shows too. You know, uh, Bushy and Metal Mike from the Flood yeah. Podcast are coming back. I Excited know them both them. for different reasons, but uh... oh yeah. Um, of course, Ian and Ralph from Rock and Metal Combat are coming back. You know, it's it's amazing that it's funny. We take a year off, and that show took a year off, and then we come back, and they come back. Yeah, just that's nice that though. It's out. it's
4: actually good to see those guys back together.
0: So I'm saying, Rock and Pod saved that show. But anyway, uh, of nice. course, uh, Ages of Rock are like Ages Vinny. of Rock are, are, are friends. Yeah, Ages of Rock are coming back in obscurity. Those are my boys too. Those
4: old bastards. Those old fucking them. crotchety assholes. Yeah. That's what, that's, what, that's what
0: makes them lovable. Um, no, no, I dig also, those guys. Also, uh, State of America, Black Crows podcast will be there this year. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, my boy
4: uh, Dave Hudson. Yeah. Yeah, Dave he's Hudson also and, uh, the Digital Killed the Radio Star guy, right? Yep, same guy. All right, yeah. And of course,
0: Disciples of the Watch. You know, the, the, that's the one I, I'm excited to meet the host of that show. Yeah, right on. Uh. Oh, and, uh, and also Cobras and Fires coming this year.
4: Oh, right on! Uh, if, uh, this will be four years steady. So, uh, I know
0: every every year you guys always come back. What did you mention to me? Oh yeah, talk to him. He's coming, to but no, nah. or, or or should I call it uh, throwback, throwdown, or not fest, or whatever he's got going on? He's, <laughs> you know, he texted me the other day though and said he's too big for Rockin' Pod now, so I don't know if he's coming.
4: Yeah, well, it's uh, his, our loss, his loss. I, I have no idea. He's the Joe Rogan of our circle. Yeah, that we all ride his coattails now, much like anybody who ever met Vinnie Vincent does. So. That's right. You know, yeah, We can't all be a world-class artist like that. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, Chris, this has been a lot of fun. Um, but what do you say? Do you want to get out of here? I had a great time. I'm excited to see you in a few weeks and uh, appreciate the invite again. Of course. All the best, my friend. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Of course, you've you've been nothing but a mentor and and, an ally to everything that we do here at uh, Cobras and Fires. But uh, you want to get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Rock is not dead. And we'll prove it this August in Nashville at Rock.
0: my own defense i'm not the one that decided that the comedians decided who gets to get up there and talk to them so you would have to take it up with those three
4: and you by those three you mean courtney it's all her fault
0: yeah mainly court because courtney's the one doing most of the work all right well i do
4: that. know how to get a hold of courtney and i'm gonna take my grudge out on her but i'm gonna make sure she knows that you passed the buck uh so
0: oh yeah go ahead and tell her